Welcome to Grip Lock on the Disc Golf Weekly Podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor and Connor. And today hey, we're here previewing the Discraft Great Lakes Open, also known as D-Glow. Let's start out this podcast by saying if Discraft ever lost this event, which letter would sound the best in the replace of D for D-Glow? A-Glow. A-Glow? But would it just be Aglow? Ooh, that's I'm okay with that. You almost have to make it like I think I'm okay with Aglow. Aglow. I kind of like Aglow. I'm going, G. I'm going O. G Glow. O Glow. O Glow. G Glow, and it's going to be sponsored by Double G Jerky. G Glow. Wait. G Glow. Glow. Yeah, it's just Glow. <laughs> no, but you'd say G Glow. If he can say A Glow, I can say G Glow. You can call it Double G Glow. That's what I'm double saying. Double G. It's sponsored oh. by Double G. No, it just be Double G Low. But it's like, it'd be, it'd be C Glow Green. So it'd, it'd be G Glow. Great Lake Open. G Glow. What about C Glow? And it's sponsored by C Low Green. C Glow. C-Glow Green. <laughs> he just hit the C-Glow Green, and then they start playing. Uh, oh, my gosh. You named a hole. That you named it the C-Glow Green. It's like an island hole. Yeah, and then That's as soon as it hits, they start playing. Uh, <laughs> I remember when. I remember. That's Gnarls Barkley, but it's the same person. Yeah. It plays. I don't uh, know what to do with that. All right. Anyway, so Not the course that. that they're going to be playing this week uh, for the C-Glow Green is uh, the Toboggan. Um, pretty much the same course. They, According to Brody, if you are watching coverage and the hole looks the same, it is the same. And the changes are they just added new holes. You know what's funny? So they like, replaced some of the old holes with newer holes. Because like Toboggan, correct me if I'm wrong, it's at a ski resort, right? Yes. So if Makes you sense. had enough money and you wanted to watch the Disc Golf World burn, you could probably buy... Like half the courses on tour, their properties, and then just not let them play disc golf there, and just be like, "All right, disc golf pro tour, you're moving." Name them. Preserve. You could buy the preserve. You could buy D Glow. You could buy Maple Hill. There's already three pretty big ones. Um, Las Vegas. You could buy Wild Horse. You could buy Wild Horse. OTB Open. You could buy that OTB golf Open. course. You could buy. You could buy probably half of them. I mean, that's just a, that's just I'm GMC. Just, you could buy that resort. You buy probably more than half. You buy a lot of them. Winthrop. You could buy a school. I'm just saying public parks are off limits, obviously, because you're going to buy DDO, you could buy Emporia, Emporia Country, Country Club. Club. They would probably still be able to have it you at Jones, could, but You could make the disc golf world burn if you just Well, wanted. you could also just run for mayor of all these different cities. Dude, just force their hand. Be like, what are you going to do? Fascinating idea there, Trevor. Uh, really, <laughs> we're off to a great start with this preview. This is a great podcast. Um, it's going to be playing, the course going to be playing 600 feet longer and one stroke harder out there than last year's course. And there's a few par threes at, near, or over 500 feet, but all seem to be pretty drastically downhill. The only ones that like didn't have a downhill, like like they have the elevation change on the T signs. Yeah. One of them is like in the woods, but it doesn't have it. I'm assuming that's just because like they couldn't shoot it. Like surely, because FPO is playing that one too. It's like 480 par three. Surely that's downhill. I like I like that. Yeah, uh, that hole. I'd be interested to see what that actually looks like. Is the old hole five? I was watching them this morning. Um, it was literally just a hole where like Paul was just chucking a disc up over the top to land in the woods randomly. Like apparently the hole was trash. He just he said he didn't even know what to do with it. Um, that's the old hole five. Yeah. I mean, it could still be the same hole and it just looks more wooded on the. Well, it starts in the open. The old one. This one looks like it starts in the woods. Yeah. And is there OB right behind the basket? I couldn't tell. Okay, it looked. It was. It'll way be interesting. Different. It could yeah, just be. It, it, may, it could just be a really bad T sign that I, makes us think well, it's a different hole. But yeah, and, and I was gonna say I like that some of the T signs or a lot of them are putting the elevation profiles on there. I think that like that kind of stuff is gonna be. That's gonna be really cool to see like more advanced caddy books. You know, especially when we don't really not everybody has caddies right yeah. now. So. That, that was, that's super helpful. I, I don't know. The toboggan course, though, is very interesting. Obviously, there's so much elevation. So I think if 
if wind comes into play, that's really like if the wind is down in in past, it's very scorable. You know, you can shoot eighteen under if you're. But it's still enough. very challenging. Still, no, yes, just very scorable because yes. you have reachable par fives and and stuff like that. And there's not a ton of OB on the course. There's not much at all, actually. Um, but at the wind is up, the course can turn pretty evil. Yeah, there's enough. There's enough scoring separation on every hole that like you can go out like a the top of the field can go out there and birdie every hole, oh, yeah. possibly eagle some. But they could also there's a chance at bogey on a lot of holes. Yeah, I mean, to it, where it's 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 it should be a pretty good competitive course. It's also going to be the beginning of Chris Dickerson being back. Again. Thank goodness. This should be it. How many? I believe. I'll pull his PDG no, yeah, thing well, up, I but I think decided, this is it. Yeah, I think we had just. I think from here on out, that. Chris Dickerson's back, baby. Uh, upcoming events: we have Deglo, Ledgestone, Des Moines, Worlds, and then he registered for Lake Marshall. So yeah, he's back. Chris Dickerson's back. Number one player in the world, according to our power rankings, is back. I th- I think that I mean it's like it's one of those things with Dickerson. Now I don't even think it can't even be really a storyline anymore. That guy could miss half the year and come back, and I wouldn't. It was. And then Eagle did kind of a similar thing. It's like disc golfers. Oh, but Eagle's injured. Get, they don't get rusty. No, I'm just saying, like, as far as like worrying about if they're going to be rusty. Oh, I was never worried about him being rusty. I just want to see him against the field because, like, he's so good that, like, no, every time he's not no, there, it no, just no, makes no. me yeah. be like, no, I agree. I'm just saying it's like almost become a non-storyline the rust factor. But yeah, no, I agree. The only reason I, I'm not <laughs> when he's missing events, I'm not like, oh, he's getting rusty. I'm like, darn, I want to watch the best players. Yeah, uh, he likes to toy with our heartstrings. This though. is also the first year that this will be like a home event for Chris Dickerson because obviously it's Discraft and Ledgestone, which Discraft and Ledgestone both run by Nate Heinold, but very Discraft heavy events, back-to-back pro tours. So back-to-back yeah. like Discraft, Discraft. It's like the home Discraft field swing. advantage. Yeah. Welcome to the Discraft <laughs> swing of the tour. The Discraft swing um, of the tour. But so this will be the first year for Chris Dickerson. He's going out there and like, Listen, he I, it's weird to say like home court advantage, but I but feel like whenever like your sponsor is the no, like presence there, is, there. Yeah. No, there's morale boost with you. Yeah. Listen, because if you're flying into Michigan, you're going to go to the factory. They're going to schmooze you, give you some new discs some new merch. They're going to talk business with you. You're going to be in a good mood. You're going to the course and like the disc craft employees are there. Like, you know, them. There's definitely like that's if, what I'm saying. It just like it feels me, more like home. yeah. If you were me, like that's morale boost right there. It's like same when, for when like Ricky and them go yeah, back to DDO. Exactly. It's it's a you're having a, you're year. looking forward to the event even more. You're having a great time. You're there with your team. Like that's no, that's definitely morale. There's some home. There's some home advantage. Which I think this is obviously a big one for Paul. He's very comfortable with the course. And again, we just talked about Discraft event. This is gonna be a great chance to see if the European Open had any negative. <clears throat> Or, or positive effect on him. Yeah, I think more so positive because, like, if he plays bad, it's it's tough to say, ooh, it was the negative effect of the European Open because he was already not playing great before then. I think it's more so if he plays well again, it'll be like, I think that was some momentum for yeah, him. Yeah, well, there was a, like, he was doing a live, well, Simon was doing a live show on his Instagram and was, like, asking Paul questions. And um, I forget what question prompted this answer from Paul, but Paul had said in this live stream, he was like, yeah, like, you know, before Europe... I was like, wasn't excited to play disc golf. Like once I, once it was like getting closer and Showed. closer and it hit me that the European open was actually going to happen. He like, it got me excited again. He's like, so get, once I got over there, like it gave me a new fire, like to be excited to play disc golf again. And so, so we like to hear. Yeah. So, those, you know, we'll see, we'll see what that means rolling into Deglo. Obviously he's going to be one of the favorites, um, because we're still in recent memory of him shooting 18 down the greatest round of all time, bar none out like, there. This is the four year anniversary. Four year, wow! That's 2018, yeah. I watched it four this four years ago. 
2018. He was that throwing, is crazy. He was throwing keyboard threes all over. Well, I know. I knew it was when he was with Innova. And you know, it's so funny watching him throw multiple flex forehands with just like touchy T-bird threes instead of throwing like a zone. Yeah, <laughs> it was very weird to watch him throw those lines again. But yeah, that was that, that was feels like yesterday. Days. It does feel like yesterday, and it was not yesterday. Was someone who I think it was UDisc did the statistics, and you were more likely to be struck by lightning twice. I think. Than for someone to shoot 18 down there. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Like round. statistics of how hard the holes were playing. And he was like one like little skip off the edge of the basket away from having another eagle and being 19 under. Yeah. Yeah, because he skipped like almost into the basket. Yeah. yeah. He had made an eagle in the very next hole. He skipped one like almost right over the lip. Yeah. Pretty insane. I, I mean, it, when somebody has history like that with the course, even if they're changing it a bit, like you can never write them off. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like you this step is, up there. This is probably best scenario coming off of a, a tough loss where you played well, this is probably one of the better case scenarios to where like it's another course where you can get it right back. Yeah. Uh, the flip side of that coin, though, is it's a very quick turnaround for the pros that were in Europe. Yeah. Uh, do you think the players that didn't go, such as Chris Dickerson, Gannon Burr, Kyle Klein, a lot of those players who have played decently well here in the past, are they coming into this with a, an advantage over the players that were just in Europe? Uh, well... <sighs> It's it, it's kind of player by player because like there's some players that have so much experience at the toboggan course versus others that that pro, that maybe. But I mean, don't. there's some pretty drastic changes out there this that, year. No, yeah, I think for the new holes, I mean, it's it's always like that. You know, okay, the guys in Europe are warmed up; they're closer to very competitive, high level play versus the guys who aren't. But then those guys have had more time to practice the other course, so like it, I think it's give and take. So I don't think there's. I don't think it's a significant advantage or disadvantage in either. I think the biggest way. thing is Europe. You left Sunday. You probably got into the states early Monday or whatever, and then jet lag. You have yeah, to deal with jet lag fatigue. for Monday to possibly part of Tuesday. I mean, a normal human you deal with jet lag for several days. Someone who like you have to you have to get back and hit the ground running. I think you give it like Monday. You know, you got to give yourself like a day to recover, but that's a day of practice you're missing. So realistically, you're not getting really good quality practice until Tuesday afternoon to start a Wednesday and the tournament starts on Friday. I think that's the biggest disadvantage in my head is like, because also I don't think Chris Dickerson played last weekend, but like Kyle Klein, uh, I was just looking at what he did and like there was some events that uh, they were just eight years. So they weren't like anything worth covering per se. But like there is some high level disc golf being played. No, yeah, they're not out of tune. Yeah, because like it's just Kyle, mostly it's mostly the difference between playing in front of a crowd, cameras, that kind yeah. of atmosphere. That, yeah, because like this this A tier. I mean, Aaron Gossage won it. Andrew Marweed came in second. Kyle Klein third. Chris Clemens tied for third. Chandler Fry fifth. Like where was that? Andrew that was Presnell was there. Um, Philip Bartholomew was there. Like there's a lot of good names out there. It was in Michigan. Yeah, there's a lot of very solid names out there. And so, like, it's not like they were getting rusty, just no. sitting around no, for a week. No, yeah, I, and it's, it, it, I think it's so player by player because, yeah, I mean, shortened practice is going to hurt a guy who hasn't seen the toboggan a ton. But the thing is, like, for, for instance, some some of the players like have seen a lot of toboggan, not only with their pro experience, but then their junior experience. If they played, um, what is it? Um, USAMs, USAM, yeah, yeah. USAMs. There, I, I not only it's there anymore, but it has been. There or, yeah, well, it was there previously, but um, you know, I, I, the toboggan course. Now, I will say, you said there's five holes that have changed, four or five, four I or believe. five. Like that is a pretty good mix-up. So, I think it's just going to depend on if those new holes are relatively straightforward or if they're a big change-up. Because I mean, that you know, 
that course had a very similar feel for a long time. And I think that they're probably still the, even the new holes are probably still going to capture the essence of what that course is. And honestly, there's quite a few shots. There is some shots in Europe that, that, that are similar to ones on the toboggan course, some elevation shots and, and things like that. So I, I don't know. I don't disc golfers at that level. I don't know. It, it you see them be robotic so many times with like the the lack of practice that they need. I mean, James Conrad went to the PCS Open, played the course blind, and shot I think one off hot or hot in the first Something round. Something like that, yeah. So like they're robots. They're they're not going to be hit that hard. Now jet lag is one thing. Like if they're feeling fatigued, that's more what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm not thinking of but like, I, like lack of practice. Yeah, like there's it's just I'm like, just thinking of fatigue, like yeah. fatigue and practice rounds. So by the time the tournament gets here, they should be ba- right. bounced back. And they're gonna it's just lack of they're good enough too. They'll see yeah. the guy in front of them throw the line, and then they're gonna hit the same. Like, line. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, now with FPO, you do have to think it's a pretty long course. Um, yes. to me, when I'm seeing a long course, some OB mixed in, I'm immediately There's thinking, not a lot of OB mixed in, but there is some OB just a little, just, but it's, yeah, it's like, it's OB that's going to come and play if you're having to throw as far as you possibly can right, on the hole right. to where like you're losing control because of how far you have to throw. Yeah. So that's where I think a player like Paige and Cat. And Haley King, even uh, Valerie Mandahano, like players with some distance on them. Well, I think I think are Val- the ones that have the biggest advantage. Val's Haven't we said it. previously that is it that Paige plays worse whenever there's OB? Worse, worse with OB, yeah. but there's not. That's there's, what I'm saying. There's, there's not, not a ton. There is OB yeah. to be worried about, but mm-hmm. again, Paige it's out of your way enough gotcha. that if you're able to throw like a mid or some or even like with more control on that type of line, you don't mm-hmm. have to worry Paige about it. But you do have to worry if you're like trying to like get. Yeah. Max oh, okay. Distance. You're saying I understand. So, like, if she I'm should so, be able to yeah. dominate this course, yeah, it should be a course she where won't she have can to throw as hard. Yes, she should, yeah, she should be able to throw drives all over the course and keep it in play without too much trouble. I would say, like, I think it's gonna be a page and cat show, personally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think because I think Val will keep it in play, but like, I her keep it in play golf with her having less distance is going to be highly effective at courses where OB is tight, but where it's not. She'll be fine. She's not going to get torn up, but she's not going to be reaching as many of the par fours and par fives in regulation because of her lack of distance. So I think that's where, yeah, Paige and Cat on a course like this, I think it's just a distance separator. And Evelyn is not there, correct? Not, nah, I do not I believe, believe. I believe I'll pull she's, that back uh, up. she probably stayed in Europe, I guess, for a little bit, but. Because I would have I thought that this could have been a good course for yeah, her. Yeah, I do not think she's there, but she, I mean, I agree. She would. She would be one of the bigger contenders out there if she was there. Um, yeah, the highest rated players in the field are Paige, Cat, Val, Haley. Haley. Haley is going to be interesting to watch because, I mean, you know, she obviously got hurt at Idlewild. Um, but before that, she won a major. So she has momentum. Uh, as long as she's 100%, then she'll be something to look, somebody to look out for. Missy Gannon's done well here before. Yeah. But I think it's, again... She's just kind of been quiet just doesn't, Or she also just doesn't quite have the distance. Right. Yeah. Is the big thing. Uh, I do want to go ahead and look at some U, at some uh, UDISC standings. Not UDISC. Disc Golf Pro Tour standings. I'm looking at them on UDISC. Because, um, I mean, we're, we're a decent chunk of the way into the year now. And heading to this event, I think that we're now starting... Some drops are starting to be factored in. Um, and so points are starting to really shape up here i'll read you the top five and then i'm gonna go down to the bubble on mpo and then i'll do the same on fpo um the bubble that is to make it into the championship because that's the big storyline there 
Uh, top five right now, we have Ricky in the lead with 744 points, Calvin Heimberg in second with 737 points, Paul McBeth in third with 683 points, Gannon Burr in fourth with 639 points, and then Chris Dickerson in fifth with 559 points. Um, and that's very impressive from, from Chris because, I mean, I'm looking at this stretch of one, two, three, four, five events. He just was not there. And then, obviously, Sula in European Open, boom, two more. He was not there. So, like, the fact that he's in the top five just shows how freaking good he's playing this year. He does not play bad when he shows up. Um, but, you know, he only tournament he's missing over the next big stretch that everyone's registered for is the Mid-America Open, and he'll, a he'll, lot of players aren't playing he'll finish that. finish in that top five very easily. Nope, so I just went back page backs in. I'm honestly surprised Gannon is a little bit higher. Well, Gannon, so it's an interesting thing, like, trying to factor in drops and not factor in drops. Because Gannon's played enough to have drops start to happen. Uh, but they're not being factored in. Whereas, like, Paul, for instance, has m- missed enough tournaments because uh, he hasn't played all the Silver Series and stuff that, like, he doesn't have drops yet. Okay. So, like, Paul's 51st place only got him one point is still in there, whereas Gannon, 25th, 24th, have both been dropped. So it's weird, like, because that, that should really help Paul gain on Calvin and Rick above him. Because that fifty first is going to drop at some yeah, point, and it, he's only going to be dropping one, whereas they'll drop something that's like it takes towards the end of the year. Calvin Heimberg has something that earned him half a point, so he'll probably drop that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so on the bubble though, so this year you have to be thirtieth uh, and above guarantees you thirty first through thirty sixth plays a play in event. Yeah. So it's no longer just a hard cap at thirty two. There's a play in event. So in that qualified for play in. And one notable thing is we have Eagle sitting at 30th. He's not playing again until Worlds, um, and then he's not registered for anything after that. He should place good enough at Worlds that it bumps him up because he is currently inside the cut line with three events on his thing. Is so, is the plan going to be a card of six? I don't know how the plan is going to fully work. I want to see if there's standings up here or explanation. There's an explanation online somewhere. Um, because the remaining two spots are determined the results of a play-in event. I just full I'm, details are here. I'm guessing it'll be stroke play, hot two rounds, something like that. Um, play in two final spots to be determined to play-in event. Hired held Wednesday prior to the start. 31st and 32nd season MPO side and 15th and 16th seed will automatically gain entry into the play-in event. Be joined by four additional players. These four play-in spots are reserved for any players who won. So I guess you just is kind of keeping this wrong. Because it's saying 31st and 32nd are guaranteed in, and it says the four others are reserved for anyone who won a Pro Tour event or a major but didn't qualify. Oh, but like that's not going to exist. Gonna so, happen. yeah, so it's down to the so, next four. Okay. Uh, it doesn't say anything about the player in event, what that exactly is going to entail. Okay. Uh, anyway, so the players on the bubble right now, we have Chandler Kramer in 31st, Chandler Fry in 32nd, Brody Smith in 33rd, Lori Lettinen in 34th, Nicholas Antia. Or Antla and 35th and Vino. Oh, yeah. We learned it's Makala and Antla. Yeah, Vino, Makala, and yeah. 36th. Correct um, pronunciation. And yeah. then right on the bubble are Connor O'Reilly in 37th, only two points out. Casey White in 38th, 12 points out. Austin Hannum in 39th, 16 points out. And Anthony Barella in 40th, 23 points out. The so stuff. that's mean, the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Basically, all you need is like a top fifteen finish, and you can. Yeah, you jump. do something. You do something good there. Uh, I think that Anthony Barella has to be one of the favorites to make it in because he's missed a big uh, yeah. chunk there and a big chunk there, and he's registered for the next several events. If he can give a few good finishes, so I think he's really going to get in because really, 
Nicholas and Vino, they both are missing D-Glo, Mid-America, Ledgestone, and they're going to come over uh, for... It's going to be tough for them to get back in. Yeah, it's going to be tough. They're definitely going to get bumped off the bubble, and it's going to be an uphill battle to get back in. Yeah. Um, Brody's registered for everything coming up, and he's, you know, seven points clear of the bubble, chasing down guys like Chandler Fry and Chandler Kramer. I think I like Brody's chances there. Um, so yeah. we'll have to see. It'll be an interesting one on FPO side. Top five FPO standings right now. Paige Pierce at nine twenty five. Holy cow, their points are so much higher, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paige Pierce at nine twenty five. Katrina Allen at nine fifteen. Valerie Mandahano at seven eighty nine. Missy Gannon at seven oh nine. And Owen Scoggins at six eighty six. That's the top five. And then on the bubble currently we have Kona Panis. Evelina Solonen, Rebecca Cox, Jessica Weiss, Lisa Fakus, and Jennifer Allen are all currently qualified. Imagine the uh, redemption arc when Kona just like sneaks in there and wins, and wins the it. tour championship. <laughs> That'd be something. On the bubble, so like the next players in, we have Holland Handley, who is eight points out. Madison Walker, who is 12 points out. Deanne Carey is 35 points out. And then Henna Blomroofs is 46. No nope. math. 36. I don't know. My math might no, be off ha- there. You had it there. I think I was pretty close. No, Deanne Carey's 35. I said that right, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So there you have it. Uh, 46 is in a Um That's kind of the bubble there. So some players to be watching, even if they're not at the top or if they're able to sneak their way up in there, could be very, we very are, interesting. We are inching towards the playoffs, which I, I am so... GMC starts a playoff. So realistically, we have one, we have one, two, three. Three, three pro tour events and one major left. Yeah. I'm there so is, thrilled this year that this? they're doing that. There's a silver series event that happens after Worlds. I thought Worlds was the end of the se- series, like end of the season. I guess there's just one last silver series. Is it? Uh, is it the Canadian one? Is it to get BC it? DGC? It's British Columbia. Blade, maybe. Is that what it is? I don't know. I hate that because I remember last year Canada was the last chance to get into the USDGC. So That's I'm, fine, but like why? Like the season, they said the season ends at Worlds. The season should end at Worlds. Haters. I don't like that. Hate. I don't like that. Because then like, you can just like, oh, well, I got to get up to Canada and sneak into the playoff. That's how Eric playoff. got in last year. Real, real sneaky. Shout out I'm going to look at this. Um, B, what did I say it was? BC. BC. I, I'm guessing that's the Canadian. Butler County Disc Golf Classic. Oh, but it's that. It's in Pittsburgh. It is a USDGC qualifier though. I remember seeing that on the on the website. It's a very, it's the last chance again USDGC and it's in Pittsburgh. And it's so like, why are we doing that after Worlds? Like, let why, Worlds be the end well, of the season. The bigger question is why was D or uh, why well I, why was uh, you know the answer DDO not in that one is yeah, Dynamic Disc Open and Innova owns USDGC. But it's pretty were, straightforward. No, there there are Discraft owned events that are USDGC qualified. Like what? Qualifiers. We looked it up last time. It was either Ledgestone or Ledgestone isn't Discraft or Eclo, but it's called Discraft's Ledgestone. Open. Discraft presents it. Dynamic owns DDO. Well, it's stupid. It's dumb. I agree. It's yeah, stupid. It's I'm just dumb. saying you you don't have to actually I ask usually, why. We I, know why. I respect like I respect Innova like hoarding their event when it like yeah it's good business. But like, what's the point? Like, make it a qualifier. Well, that should be. That's what I'm saying. The PDJ needs to own USDGC. I'm so annoyed. All right, let's get into some keys to victory here for this tournament, and then wrap it up. Um. I think, I mean, first and foremost, this is the biggest key to victory. It's a thrower's course. You got to be paying attention to strokes gain, tee to green out there, and fairway hits. Those are the two biggest stats. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like putting didn't really have any correlation no. to finishing place. It's if, all about throwing. If you hit the fairway at the toboggan course, you're gold. The greens are not 
that evil. Yeah. They're really not. And there's, there's a lot of grass on that course too, to where your disc will stick pretty well. So yeah, if you hit fairways and put position yourself, well, you're, you're set. Yeah. And the second thing I have is keep it in the ropes. Like we said, there's not that much OB out there, but when you were looking at just the stats from last year, the players that had, there were some players that were beating some of the players ahead of them in a lot of stat areas. And they would have like one or two OBs. And you look at it and it's like they lost by one or two strokes to them. Or they might have been tied with someone and they were throwing better than them all weekend, but they had one or two OBs. The OBs, they're definitely capable, especially they've added some to some of the holes. Uh, so you definitely can go OB. But if you want to win out there, I would imagine the winner is not going to go OB. Probably not. Um, and so I think that that's got to be put in the key to victory for both MPO and FPO. It's just you got to avoid OB. It, it shouldn't be super hard to do, but you got to do it. Got to do it. Let's get into some predictions. Uh, heading into this weekend, points. I am currently in the lead at 100 points. Connor's in second at 68, and Trevor's in third at 53. Go, dude. Uh, who wants to lead off the predictions? I'll start. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Um, Such authority. Yeah. MPO predictions. I'm going Mr. Gannon Burr in third. Nice. Um, I should write these down. Captain consistent. You know. I'm going with Paul McBeth in second, which is more so... I don't necessarily... But I don't necessarily believe he's going to come in second place, but more so he's going to be in the top three, but I don't think he's going to win. And no, no, I, I think he's going to come in second place. I take, I eat, I eat my words. Um, Chris Dickerson winning because nice. Why not? Why not Chris? Why not Chris? Connor, out. who you got? I've got in third place. I've got Richard Wysocki. Um, I think that once he, he did not do that great at the European open, not. but he doesn't usually stay there very long. So I think he's coming back a little bit. Wait a second. Is 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 David Wiggins playing D-Glow? I don't know. Yes, you do. Is that I don't know. That's pick? not. I told you my Dark Horse pick. You should. I'll you look should, him up for you. If he's in there, because he won. He is. Oh. I'm not going to switch my pick, but. I'm going to switch my pick. You can switch not. it to it, Connor, if you want to, because he does have a good history at the top. Oh, for D-Glow or for uh, Dark Horse? Yeah. That would be I thought you were saying for top three, and I was like, please no, switch your pick, Connor. <laughs> no, but for um, he's a great dark horse pick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he is an so, actual, like by definition, dark horse pick. Yeah. So I got I got Ricky, um, Ricky in third. I got Chris Diggerson in second. And then I've got the man Paul Macbeth in first place. I think that he got the stamina he needed to from the European Open to carry him through here. And I think there's two options with Paul. Either the pressure of this of shooting the best yep the that. best score of all time uh, either puts pressure on him and it makes him win or it makes him lose i don't think he feels a single ounce of pressure from something he did in 2018 all right i'm Damn. sorry uh i'm Wait, going that well, maybe he feelings. does though cuz i don't sorry. think he's won it since 2018 or do you win in 2019 i think he'll feel pressure from how he played last weekend at the european open yeah year. that makes sense I think that puts a lot of pressure on him of, like, I performed well. And I don't really think pressure put Paul's there this year, but I wanted to give it to him anyway. Um, I picked Paul in third just because I need him in my top three because I think that, again, at a course like this and an event like this backed by Discraft, it'd be kind of dumb not to have him in my top three. Yeah. So I put him there. Uh, I put Gannon Burr in second. He's had some decent history with this event, and he obviously is a, a baller this year. And Chris Dickerson, um, I'm keep putting him in my top three until I'm proven wrong. So, yeah, he's winning it. So I'm what I'm predicting. I hope uh, he does. So basically what we're saying here is if Ricky gets in the top three, Connor's going to gain some points. 
Yep, that's what we're saying. But if he doesn't, we're also saying if he doesn't get in the top three, Connor's going to lose some points. That is all. You know what? It's a crazy world we live in. That's wild how points work. On FPO, I've got Katrina Allen coming in third, Haley King coming in second, Paige Pierce taking it down. Ooh, I got... Val coming in third, Haley King coming in second, and Paige in first. I had Val in third. Um, I just don't think she has the distance. I just don't think she's going to make many mistakes. I don't think so either. I just it's it. I just am worried about distance out there. Yeah, I have Katrina sense. in third, Val in second, and Paige first. Mm. Paige, Val, Cat. So basically, I felt like Haley King made sense on this course. You know, yeah, that's why I picked her. She's only just she's you didn't just, pick her, right? We both said se- for her for second. Yeah. Did you not write that down? I wrote Katrina for a second. Nope. You didn't pick Katrina Allen at all. Not at all. Ah, okay. I went. So Paige, you went Valerie Paige. Haley Page this from could, third to first. Yes. yes. This could be a big. And you went Cat Val Page. Yeah. Okay, so we actually have all three have this different could, this different. Could be a big week for me against Connor and FPL. If mm. I get my top three, it could be devastating. That's true. He no. Has, yeah, because he has Haley and no Cat, so there's two two different point slides there. Yeah, but he has Val, and you have Val. Right, but if his top three is completely wrong, he will lose points for having Haley in his top three, so that's point potential, and for not having Cat. Yeah, but if your top three is right, that means Valerie's in the top three. So you, he's only what's one best, spot off. What's the best case scenario for me? Best case scenario is you get nine points, Connor gets four. That sounds good to me. It's best case. And in that case, I would get... Six. Yeah. Trevor, would you would you face your mic a little bit more downward towards your mouth a little bit? Thank you. Dark horse pick. I'm going with Mr. Ben Calloway. Oh, that's Why? what that's what my choice was before David Wiggins, so I'm glad we came up uh, with that. It's a disc it's a discraft event. He's outside the top fifty. He has a lot of distance. Does he? That's it. Does he have a lot of distance? He does have a lot of distance. Okay. I did have him written down, but now I'm going with David Wiggins. Big wig. Big wig. The boss. I'm taking Brody this week. It's been a while. And Has anyone ever won with Brody? Yeah, you yeah. did. I did? Huh. Yeah. The time you took him. Nice. Thanks, Brody. Uh, any bets? Anyone want any side bets? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I'll bet. What do you want? I'll bet I'll bet you I'll bet you ten points that Brody beats Ben Callaway. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't say I would take any bets. I just want to see if there's any out there. <laughs> Y'all could hey, that could be Connor's not gonna take it. Connor, you want to bet him David Wiggins over Ben over Brody? No, I'm winning. <sighs> Come on. I'm yeah. not here to take risks, dude. I'm here to win. Well, you're not winning. You're in second. Okay, but so you could gain points this on Hunter by taking between him you and me. I right now. <laughs> well, it could be against you and Hunter if you took more hey, points. Hey, if you hop me. in, maybe I'll hop in. You dip your toe in the water, maybe I'll dip my foot. <laughs> I'm no. saying if you only your only chance of catching Hunter is I'll I take, don't think I'll I'm even, catching Hunter. I'd even take like a bad bet just to give you a shot at Hunter, I would think. Not like see that's unethically, not like unethically. Bad. I feel like bets need to be approved by all parties. I I can approve it. I'll just have to hear the bet. Yeah, like I would. No. Be- Everyone approved my Austin Hannum bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. And it hit. I don't think there's been a bet that's been unfair yet. That's what I'm saying. Like you got Haley King in your top three. I I bet you twenty. She doesn't come in the top five. <laughs> I'll approve that bet if you take it. It's so hard to take. 20? Connor, that could put you at 88. That but could also put Trevor down at 33. <laughs> FBO is so unpredictable. It would basically end Trevor's career. It is That is so unpredictable. No, I'm not taking it. All right. I'm wow. going to be smart for once in my life. Do I take it? No, you, it, doesn't, it doesn't extend to you. 
Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, well, I couldn't. Well, I'm not going to approve it. Why? Why? He's a little stickler. Because I don't want Trevor to pass me, and I don't want you to go get even further. That's messed up, dude. For the it's sake called of, for a the game. sake of the show. You wouldn't even let a yeah for fly, content. Do uh, you think people are clicking off right now because I said that they're gone? I'm, I'm watching the viewers. Right they're disappearing. <laughs> off the video. Do not watch the rest of the video. We're gonna see the watch time now. <laughs> it just drops. It ends right here. And you know, there's no even reason to close out the show. No one's listening anymore. No, everybody wants to watch. Everybody wants to watch me beat Trevor. Twenty points, <laughs> Haley King. That's top a, five. that's unfair, Connor, because now you're not gonna let me bet with Hunter. I think ever. Haley King's gonna come in top five. I'll take twenty. I'll do that. Well, it won't matter because Connor won't let me. I'll bet do with it you. with Trevor if Connor approves. Well, the, here's the problem. Here's the problem. I'll accept that bet. Okay. That could bring me down to eighty points. You could catch me and pass me in it one weekend. Also make right Trevor here, Trevor pass me. Yeah, but like then then accept my like you got to play the game, man. I am playing the game. I'm playing the game for the exactly the way the game is. You guys are expanding the game. You're the one that took bets first. That's true. No, I'm not. The Austin Hannibal was with you. Yeah. What? What? Did I ever take Connor's points off for the Austin Hannibal? Or did I just get what 15 are you points? talking about right now? I've hold up. That could be a big story. I don't line. even know what bet you're talking Y'all about. Y'all could be tied. No. Who took my Austin Hannibal bet? I'm pretty sure I was I was pretty not sure involved we both, in I'm pretty any sure bets. we both well yes, you were involved in this one. I think okay. we I think we both agreed though that we would just give you fifteen. Yeah, points. that's oh, so I, do I just got fifteen points. I think you, you would lose 15. fifteen if it didn't happen. I think that was how the bet worked. Okay, so can we do it that way then? Can I if Hilly King comes in the top five, I I'll either gain twenty or lose twenty. I'll agree to that. I was willing to give you 20 of my points. So that I was way, willing that to go way, Connor, farther. That way, Connor, if I lose, Hunter doesn't even get points. I just lose points. I think that Haley King is going to come in the top five. Yeah, so if she does, he goes down to 33 points. You murder him. Why do it's I have over. to be in this situation? It's you, not You don't fair. have to. You can just say no. But then you guys are going to make fun of me. I am not going to make fun of you. I have 100 points. I was trying to be like, hey, I can get, well, I'll be right back in it. If I lose this, I'll go down to 80. Or I could go up to 120 and then I'm farther out of reach. But, I, but now this new one. I, mean, I, don't, I don't want that bet. All right, to then say no. No. The answer right. is no. The answer is no. Never, nobody's ever going to Hey, Trevor, play, you just need to catch him. Just well, make some right picks and catch him. Maybe, do you want to change your picks at all, week. man? No, dude. All right. There you have it. That's D-Glow's preview. I think we talked about D-Glow for five minutes of this 35-minute episode. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed it and are ready to watch coverage tomorrow when it starts on the Disc Golf Network. Or you can catch it on Saturday and Sunday on post-produce, such as... Are we back on East Coast time now? We're back on East Coast time. Joe Mez, Gatekeeper, GK Pro, they should have all that sweet, sweet coverage that you want to watch. And uh, yeah, also, you know, hop over on Twitter. We'll be trying to live tweet some stuff. You can also hop in our Discord, some live tournament chat if you're watching it live. makes Disc Golf a lot more fun. And... We'll see you on Monday when we wrap it all up.